Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 39 of the Money Love Podcast. This week, we are continuing our Women and Money series, and we are going to be talking all about the topic of risk and how to build up your tolerance to allow more risk in your life. And here is why we are talking about this as a part of the Women and Money series. There is actually a very common narrative that swirls around out there that as women, we are more risk averse than our male counterparts. And averse really means in opposition to. So what I hear a lot in articles and in studies and in the financial space in general is that, oh, as women, we are inherently or we are genetically just more averse to risk in our life and specifically within our finances than men are. So because of this, I wanted to dedicate an entire episode of the Women and Money series to risk and talking about how we as women can get better at taking risk. And not just taking risk, but taking calculated risk. So let's kick off this episode by, again, addressing this narrative that I hear a lot because I want to just debunk it right off the bat. I want to tell you that if you have heard this before or if you have kind of been either consciously or subconsciously programmed to think that like, oh, as women, we are just inherently more savers than investors. We just take more risk. We just play it safe. That's actually not true. A lot of these studies that you see that have come out and have said, yes, when it comes to taking risk with finances and money, men take more risk. What they're actually looking at is they're looking at, okay, how much are men investing versus how much are women investing? And they are seeing that, oh, mathematically or numerically, men actually invest a higher amount than women do. And it's interesting with these studies and what they make this data mean, because then they're taking the data that, oh, men just invest more money than women do. And they're saying, oh, because men invest more money, that must mean that they have a higher tolerance for risk. But when you actually think about it, this conclusion that people come to about these studies is flawed. Just because men are investing more money doesn't mean that they have a higher risk tolerance than we as women do. It just means that they have more money than we do, which is absolutely true. They are paid more than we are. And as women, we live financial lives that are more precarious than men do, which means like more uncertainty. As women, again, this is all generally speaking, but as women, we are the ones that pause our career to stay at home with our children. We are the one that pauses our career and walks away from a paycheck to take care of ailing or aging parents. You guys have probably all seen the data and the statistics that have come out about women in the workplace with the pandemic. It has truly been disastrous. So many women have had to leave the workforce and walk away from their paychecks as a result of the pandemic. But the impact that the pandemic has had on women from a financial perspective versus men is staggering. So it's flawed to say, oh, because men have more money to invest, that they are inherently more risk tolerant than women. So I want to walk you through this because if you've ever been told that, that women are just inherently more risk averse than men, 
I just want you to know that that is not true. Your gender has no bearing on your risk tolerance. We're going to talk about a lot of things in this episode that I think will bring more light into how you can develop your risk tolerance and how you can allow more risk into your life. But gender has absolutely nothing to do with it. And so the first thing I want you to take from this episode is do not buy into the message that just because you are a woman, that you are a play it safe type of person. I have said this about so many other things, and I will say it here. I will say it until I'm blue in the face. But your self-identity and your self-concept that we talked a lot about last week is everything. The way that you think about yourself is all that matters. And a lot of women have been programmed to think that they are more risk averse compared to their male counterparts, but that's simply not true. Your risk tolerance is something that you actually build up over time. We're going to talk more about this in the episode, but risk is actually an acquired taste. You got to warm yourself up to it. You got to get comfortable with it over time. But the catch-22 is that if you think oh, I'm just not a risk type of person, or I just like to play it safe, or I like certainty. I don't like the unknown. Again, these are all just self-concepts and self-identities that you have chosen to adopt about yourself. But if you choose to believe that about yourself, then you won't be taking a lot of risk. You will simply be creating that self-identity within your life. Hence, proving it true and just giving your brain even more evidence to point to and say, oh, see, there we go. We're just not a risk person. So often we get stuck in what I call all or nothing thinking. This is what I've been saying to you guys throughout this entire series. We either identify on one end of the spectrum. We say, oh, I'm either disciplined or I'm undisciplined. I'm a spender or I'm a saver. I'm risk averse or I have a really high risk tolerance. Like I've told you guys, your brain just naturally wants to go to that place because your brain kind of likes to identify with certainty. Your brain likes to look at something and say, ah, yes, this is exactly who we are. This is how we identify. It's very clean. It's very clear. But when it comes to your self-concept and your self-identity, I really want you to start straying away from the all or nothing thinking, okay? It's not one or the other. It's not polar opposite ends of the spectrum and you have to choose one. It's not or, it's and. It's not fixed, it's fluid. So I really hope that y'all are seeing a theme here throughout this series. And the common message that we keep coming back to is how you choose to identify and think about yourself is everything. And I never want you to pin yourself in a corner and say, it's this or nothing else. I'm just not a risk person. I'm very risk averse. Again, all you're doing in that scenario is you're just limiting yourself. Risk is an evolution that is going to grow and expand over time. I always like to use spectrums as visuals, and there is a risk spectrum. And where you actually are on the risk spectrum today, when it comes to various aspects of life, but also risk related to wealth building, is probably not where you're going to be on that same spectrum a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. I believe that risk is a constant in life. And it will also be a constant in your wealth building journey. If you want to build more wealth, you have to take more risk. Wealth is actually built through exposing yourself and exposing your money to a level of risk. And in order to build a level of substantial wealth, 
Risk is actually a requirement. It's not a choice. It's not a maybe we'll see. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to walk you through a handful of shifts, mindset shifts, to make around the way that you think about risk, the way that you view risk and the role that it plays in your life, which will ultimately determine how comfortable you are taking risk and also the extent to which you're willing to introduce risk into your life and also into your wealth building journey. So in true Money Love Podcast style, I want to first start with identifying what we're talking about here. So what is the definition of risk? And according to the interwebs, and I actually really loved this definition, but risk is defined as the exposure to danger, harm, or loss. The exposure to danger, harm, or loss. Now, the word that struck me most when I read this definition was the word exposure. The definition is not the certainty of danger, harm, or loss, but rather the exposure to danger, harm, or loss. And I think that the distinction between exposure to loss and the certainty of loss is so key because really what risk is, is it's actually the exposure to uncertainty. And the inverse of that, risk aversion, so avoiding risk, is when you have a preference for certainty over uncertainty. So when you think about risk as being exposed to uncertainty, the more comfortable that you can get with uncertainty, the more risk tolerant you will be. If you are somebody who is very risk averse, you are avoiding risk, it's because you have a preference for certainty over uncertainty. Now, what have I told you guys about uncertainty before, right? I have told you that it is your brain's least favorite thing. I don't think that any human being truly loves uncertainty more than certainty. Remember that your brain hates uncertainty because uncertainty is the enemy to your survival caveman brain that just wants to know exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, so it can have ample time to prepare and respond and so you can remain safe and unharmed. The more I think about this, here's how I'm viewing it is that the more that I run my life on default, the more that I let my caveman and lizard brain run the show, the less risk I'm ultimately going to take. Because again, my caveman brain just wants to do what's certain and what feels good. And when you're letting your subconscious and your caveman brain run the show, of course, it's just going to want to keep you in the cave, not take a lot of risk. But the more that you can intentionally come out of your subconscious thinking and more into the human part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex, I call this your prefrontal power, then the higher risk tolerance you will ultimately want to take because your prefrontal cortex is what you use to look towards the future. It's the human part of your brain, what you use for decision making and goal setting. And anytime that we are being more future focused versus more focused in the present moment, we are more likely to take risk. So now we know what risk is. And now I want to start to get into the mindset shifts that we can start to make. So the first mindset shift I want you to start to make about risk is that it is constant. Risk is constant and it is everywhere. That's really two points, but I'm combining them into one, okay? Risk is everywhere, always, if I'm going to summarize up this first point. Each of our lives is riddled with risk. Every single time you get into your car to drive somewhere, you are taking on the risk of getting in a car accident. 
Every time you board an airplane, you are taking the risk of it possibly crashing. Even something as simple as going on a walk, you are taking a level of risk. My husband and I have actually been going on a lot of walks lately, and there's this trail by our house in Houston. It's called the Memorial Trail, and that's typically where we'll go walk. And there's a part of the trail that actually runs parallel to a very busy road where cars are driving quite fast. And so there's about a mile stretch on this trail where you are walking and cars are flying at you 50, 60 miles an hour in the other direction. And almost every time we're walking on this trail, I always kind of just have the thought in the back of my mind. I'm like, this is actually incredibly risky. All it's going to take is one of these cars getting in an accident or not paying attention or being on their phone, running up on the curve, and they could easily hit someone on this trail who's just on a walk or on a run. But that is the funny thing about risk in our everyday lives. Eventually, we get to a point where we just become desensitized to it, and we're not constantly thinking about it. If every single time you got into your car, your brain was like totally focused on, oh my God, oh my God, we could get in an accident, you could get hurt, it would just be crippling. So after we do something enough times, we become desensitized to the risk that we are taking in just doing these everyday activities. Subconsciously, we know that the risk is there. But again, after doing it so many times, we just become numb to it. So we know that getting in the car to go to the grocery store, we know carries a level of risk. We know every time we get on an airplane, there's a risk that it could crash. I know that every time I go walk on this trail, there's a risk that I could get smacked by a car. So then the question becomes why, right? If we know that that risk is there, then why do we do the things? Like, why do we drive cars and get in airplanes and go walk where there's cars flying at us 50 to 60 miles an hour? Why don't we just stay curled up in the fetal position all day and just avoid all the risks that we face every day altogether? That is because, again, the other part of being human, your prefrontal cortex, which I was talking to you about, that is the human part of your brain, that part of your brain is focused on growth and expansion and involvement. It wants challenge and reward. It wants to move forward. It's this constant battle between your caveman brain trying to keep you safe and your prefrontal cortex going, no, no, there's more out there. There's challenge. There's growth. There's involvement. And ultimately, we will end up exposing ourselves to a certain level of risk because we determine that the reward outweighs the risk. And so we assume that exposure to the risk for the potential of gaining the perceived benefit of whatever it is that we're doing. So just remember that risk is everywhere. Now, here's one more point that I want to make when we're talking about risk is everywhere, always. I know some people try to live a life in which they eliminate risk altogether. I think the most obvious way that a lot of us do that is we stay stagnant. We stay the same. We don't grow. We don't evolve. We just do what we've always done because it's comfortable and it's familiar. But I also want to point out to you that you cannot outsmart risk. (laughs) There is always going to be risk. Okay. So the first part of this is risk is everywhere. The second part is, Always. There is even risk in staying the same. Every decision, including the decision to do nothing, including the decision to not change and stay the same, carries some element of risk. So I want you to think about this. The world that we live in is always changing. Always. We know this, right? You've heard the saying, the only constant in life is change. It's a very popular saying. And a lot of people, they will try to eliminate risk in their life by doing things that they have always done, by maintaining the status quo. 
And they trick themselves into thinking that by doing that, they're actually safe and that they're drastically reducing or even totally eliminating their exposure to risk. But when you break it down and you actually think about it, many times what they're creating is the opposite of the intended effect. In many instances, by staying the same, you are exposing yourself to a ton of risk. Staying stagnant in an ever-changing world is one of the riskiest things that you can do when you really think about it. I want to just make this point to you to show you that none of us can avoid risk. Uncertainty is the only certainty in life. And often, the safer that you try to play it, the more exposed that you are. Mark Zuckerberg was actually quoted once saying, the biggest risk is not taking any risk at all. In a world that's changing really quickly, the only strategy that is guaranteed to fail is not taking risk at all. So when I say that risk is everywhere, and it is constant, and always, there are no exceptions to that. No matter how hard you try, you will never be able to predict with 100% accuracy what's going to happen in this crazy world of ours that we live in. There's going to be a level of risk in evolving and changing and moving forward. There is also a lot of risk in staying stagnant and not evolving and not changing and doing what you've always done in an ever-changing world. So when you can look at risk in this way, as it being something that is always there, it's just a part of life, then it suddenly becomes something that instead of us trying to fight against it and avoid it, it actually becomes something that we can start to embrace and to a degree actually welcome into our life. Okay, so that's the first shift. The second shift is that risk is uncomfortable. Here's an important thing to know about risk is that whenever you are evaluating a certain level of risk in life, whether it's with your money or something else, it's helpful to know that your brain is hardwired for negativity. Your brain is actually going to go to the negative and assess all of the worst case scenarios, and it's going to weigh that negative information and weigh those negative outcomes much more heavily than it's going to weigh the positive information and the positive outcomes. This is actually something that is called negativity bias. Negativity bias is where we tend to exaggerate the riskiness of certain things and we underestimate the positive opportunity that stands to be gained. We know this is true, right? We know that our brain naturally goes to the negative. This is why people are much more inclined to write a review for a negative experience they had versus a positive experience that they had. Negative events actually have just such a greater impact on our brain than positive ones do. And this is just so helpful to know that this is how your brain works when you are evaluating risk. Because if you don't know this, we tend to pay more attention to negative events than positive events. We tend to learn more from negative outcomes than what we learn from positive experiences. And we also make decisions weighing negative information more heavily than we weigh the positive information or the positive data. So when you are evaluating risk, your brain is going to go to the negative first, and it's okay. Just let it go there. But it's this concept of equal airtime that I like to coach my clients on. I say, if you are evaluating risk, I want you to give equal airtime to both the negative and the positive. If you are going to spend 20 minutes visualizing the worst case scenario, then I want you to spend that same amount of time also visualizing best case scenario. You have to intentionally bring your brain there or else the caveman brain is going to take over 
and your caveman brain is just going to focus on what could potentially go wrong. Again, it's just trying to keep you safe and alive. So for this point, a question that I always want you to be evaluating risk through is this. I want you to look at what is the risk of making the bet, making the investment, making the change. Look at it from that lens. But I also want you to evaluate what is the risk of staying the same? What is the risk if I do nothing at all? There is risk in that. The second question that I always want you to be focused on as well is looking at both the tangibles and the intangibles, especially with money. Any investment that we make with our money, there is a tangible gain or loss of that money. But there are also going to be a lot of intangibles that you need to consider as well. And this couldn't be more true with money. Let's say you're trying to decide if you should switch jobs or not. You have a job right now that pays you really well, but you absolutely hate it. You're working crazy hours. It's taking a huge hit on just your overall mental health, quality of life. And you're considering taking a lower paying job that would provide you a lot more flexibility, a lot more time. There would be a tangible loss of income there, but an intangible gain of time, mental and emotional health, your peace of mind, your level of stress, all those sorts of things. So just know too that with any level of risk, there's going to be the tangibles and there's also going to be the intangibles and you need to evaluate both. But on this one, I just want to remind you that risk is uncomfortable. There's parts of taking risks that are fun and exciting. There's kind of like that adrenaline and that rush. But there's also a part of you with the uncertainty that can feel very uneasy and it doesn't feel great. And oftentimes what I hear from a lot of women is they say, oh, you know, I just don't feel right about this. Like it just doesn't feel right to me. And when I dig a little deeper into that, what I find out is that it's not like intuition. It's not like, oh, I just have this intuitive gut feeling that this just isn't the right decision. It's just, I'm uncomfortable and this doesn't feel good and I'm resisting feeling uncomfortable. Therefore, I'm not going to take the risk. And it's like, no, that's not a good enough reason not to take the risk. There's a big difference between intuitively, I just don't feel like this is the right decision for me and I'm just not willing to feel uncomfortable. Those are two very different things. So just know that with risk, it's going to feel uncomfortable and it should. Shift number three and this is a big one, is that risk doesn't have to be reckless. Risk doesn't have to be reckless. Remember that risk is not the certainty of danger or harm. It's just the exposure to danger or harm. So when evaluating risk, another question that I want you to ask yourself is, what is my safety net? This is especially big with building wealth. In the beginning, when you are first starting out on your wealth building journey, The first thing that I want you to focus on is simply just building your safety net, building up an emergency fund, building up a rainy day fund. Essentially, start moving down the path of increasing liquid assets, decreasing liabilities. The more that you can increase assets and the more that you can decrease liabilities, the stronger and more stable your safety net becomes. So over the past decade, my husband and I have been working on building up our safety net. A decade ago, when we first started this journey, we weren't taking a lot of risk, so to speak, with our money because we were just simply focused on, okay, we need to get a safety net built underneath us. We need to get some cash saved up. We need to get some of this debt paid off. And it actually wasn't until we got our safety net built and underneath us that we started to take a little bit more risk with our money. 
I want you to think about a big canyon. And let's just picture a tightrope that you have to walk across from one side of the canyon to the other. Now, obviously, that's going to be uncomfortable either way. But when I say that risk doesn't have to be reckless, what I mean by that is it's a lot better for you to be walking across that tightrope when you have a net underneath you to catch you versus if you don't at all. The risk is still going to be the same. You're still going to have to walk from one side of the canyon to the other. But in one scenario, if you fall off the tightrope, you're going to be okay. It might be scary while you're falling. You might injure yourself a little bit, but you're not going to die, right? As opposed to not having the safety net there. With taking risks with finances, people look at it and they say, oh, that's so reckless. And it doesn't have to be. Risk doesn't have to be reckless. The fourth shift that I want you to start making about how you think about risk is I want you to start thinking about risk as an acquired taste and knowing that your risk tolerance will build over time. The more risks that you're able to take and the more experiences that you were able to gather, the more evidence that you're able to gather about the outcome of those risks, the more comfortable you are going to get at taking risk. So I want to go back to our tightrope example. You have your safety net, which you know is going to catch you. But in the beginning, when you are first learning how to walk across this tightrope, you're probably not going to put the tightrope at the very top of the canyon. If you can, you'd probably actually start it more towards the bottom of the canyon, maybe just slightly above your safety net. You start walking across it. You start practicing. You start gaining confidence. The more you do it and the better that you get at walking across that tightrope, over time, ultimately, you're going to go higher and higher and higher because you're acquiring more skill. You are getting better. But think about it this way, though. A lot of people look at this and they say, well, you're going higher and higher and higher. So you're getting riskier and riskier and riskier. But that's actually not the case. Because as you're going higher and higher, you're also getting more experienced. You're getting better at walking across that tightrope. So yes, your level of risk is increasing because you're going higher up in the air, but your increased knowledge, your increased skill, your increased confidence that you have built from doing it over and over and over also, in a sense, is mitigating some of that risk. It offsets it in a way. So with wealth, this is kind of how this would look like. You're going to build your safety net, right? Like I told you, this is increasing liquid assets, decreasing debt. Once you feel comfortable and you have your safety net, you can say, okay, now I want to start taking a little bit more calculated risks with my wealth and with my money. When you first start this, this might just look like putting money into an index fund, which is very low cost, but it's also very low risk. So you're going to start doing that. And the more that you do that, you're going to start to say like, okay, yeah, no, This is okay. We're safe. I'm learning. I understand this better. My safety net is growing, but I'm also gaining more knowledge and skill and confidence to do this. So after that, you might say, okay, now I want to take some of my wealth and I actually want to start handpicking stocks to invest money in. Now, obviously, buying a stock versus investing in an index fund is a lot riskier. But again, more risk, more reward. So risk is an acquired taste, and this goes back to what I was telling you at the very beginning of the episode. I do not want you adopting this badge or adopting this self-concept about yourself that you're just someone who is risk-averse, or you're just not a risky person. Your risk tolerance is something that's going to start low and build over time. Like I said, when I look at my husband and I, and I compare the level of risk that we are taking with our finances now 
versus a decade ago, it is drastically different. But as we have built up our safety net, as we have learned more, and as we have had more experiences, our risk tolerance has drastically increased. So your risk tolerance is not something that is fixed, but rather evolves over time. All right, that is what I have for you this week on risk. I want to just rerun through what we talked about. So I want to just summarize these questions and just bring them all together for you so you just have them in a very digestible. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. When you are evaluating risk, here are the questions that I want you to walk through. What are the risks of changing, but also what are the risks of staying the same? This reminds yourself that there's going to be risk and uncertainty either way. Also ask yourself, What are the tangibles that can be gained or lost here? But also, what are the intangibles that can be gained or lost? And third, what is the safety net that I have in place? How far is the fall going to be if I fall? And am I okay with that fall considering the upside potential? These are the questions that I love to ask myself when evaluating any level of risk in my life whether it's something to do with my finances or not, but especially with my finances. So here's the recap. Stop trying to escape risk. You cannot, (laughs) okay? So just stop wasting your energy trying. Instead, just embrace it. Embrace it as a constant in your life. I want you to think of it as risk is kind of what keeps life interesting and exciting. It just keeps you on your toes. Risk isn't going to feel great. It's actually really scary to be exposed, but I want you to keep reminding yourself that risk doesn't have to be reckless. I want you to focus first on building your safety net. And after you've got your net to catch you should you fall, then you can start walking on your tightrope. And the more comfortable that you get and the more confidence that you gain, you can keep going higher and higher on your tightrope. Now, yes, the fall might be higher and the risk might be greater, but you're also going to be falling less because you're going to be gaining knowledge and skill and confidence along the way. There is going to be a level of risk involved on your wealth building journey. That is an absolute guarantee. So the more that we can do to reframe the way that we think about risk, the more that we can welcome it into our life, the more risk we can take, and the more wealth that all of us can build. The driving force behind everything that I do is to get more wealth into the hands of more women in the world because I believe that when more women have more wealth, the world is just going to be a much better and a much beautiful place and risk is going to be a part of that process. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. You guys have been loving this series. Continue to share and to tag me. I love you all so dearly. Have a wonderful week and I will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Hey girl. If you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in Overcoming Overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three-phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self-paced online program, student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money, and your spending will be controlled, purposeful, and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. You have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. 
Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.